Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evie. I am excited you are listening today. This show inspires and empowers you to take the next step towards a life you can't stop thinking about. I am bringing in people from all over the world with authentic and inspiring stories. People who change their lives from good to better, from miserable to great, turned strategy into hope and became successful entrepreneurs and business owners, living their dream life on their own terms. Grab your favorite note-taking device, lean back and get inspired. I believe that everything you need to create the life of your dreams is already within you. Hello, hello to Seattle. Welcome, Lynn. I am today having a wonderful conversation with Lynn Lindbergh. She is the founder of Couch to Active. Hello, Lynn. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Oh, hello. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I am Lynn Lindbergh from Seattle, Washington in the United States. I own and operate a company called Couch to Active, and we are a fully online fitness studio. We run Zoom classes. We've got five instructors, 15 a week, and personal training. And usually when I start with that, folks say, oh, yeah, 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 there's a million of those out there. But the one thing unique about what we do is most of our clients are blind, so they can't even see the Zoom screen but we've set it up so that they can fully participate because we figured out how to do these audio descriptions in a way that works for them also. Oh so God. that's what I do all day, every day. Yeah. So thank I, you for having me here. I love this. Thank you so much. We will dive a little bit later into the fitness training itself. I would love to hear more about that. But firstly, mm -hmm. would you like to tell us how you got into the area of fitness and how it actually came to the fact that you established a business, how you run it today. Sure, sure. So I have about 30 years of corporate education training. So lots of companies I was consulting for as a um, corporate program manager and training like, you know, Microsoft, AOL, or not AOL so much anymore. They're not around anymore. Uh, Boeing, um, you know, we've heard of the Boeing airplane. Yep, exactly. A lot of those companies I supported. And I struggled with wanting my work to be more meaningful. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to have my own business, run my own business. And I wanted it to be meaningful work. And so I started another business before this one. It failed. So went back to corporate, worked again, did a little more, and then uh, eventually was able to start Couch to Active um, really as a, I wasn't even thinking about working with the blind at first, but it was really answering that question I was asking myself of how do I stay active when I'm working a corporate job and I'm mm -hmm. so busy in a desk all day. And so that's what the business and the book was originally um, written for. And then going into working with the blind was another story that happened uh, further on down the road. Um, fitness though, how did I get to fitness? Oh my goodness. That was your original question. I knew I needed to exercise mm -hmm. and my fit and I'm background in education. So I've always been a learner and at a time in my life, I was paying to go to a gym here in Washington, in Seattle. And I realized 
if I got certified to be an instructor here, I could get paid to work out rather than having to pay to work out. And at the time I was a single mom and just trying to make ends meet and just everything was just so crazy and busy when you're a single mom with a full-time job. And so I got my certification so I could actually make money exercising as opposed to having paid. And that's, that's where it all started. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I love yeah. to hear this. We are sharing a very similar story, Lynn. I feel oh, really? fitness too. Yes, I'm coming from the fitness industry. Initially, oh, I was okay. running a business in my 20s, five years long, made okay. every possible mistake. Everything you can make wrong, I did wrong, basically. That's how you learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like left the industry as a total failure and came back three years later. So would you mind taking us shortly through your first business, the failure and how you started over? Sure, sure. So um, at the first business was a business where I was doing voiceover audio recordings Mm -hmm. for corporations. So that was part of what I did for corporate was voiceovers uh, for training departments and training services. And I actually still do it freelance on the side a little bit now and then, um, because I I just learned there was a, there was a real need there to once a corporate training is ready to do voiceover work, they need it immediately, and I knew how to turn that around real fast. The problem was, I don't know why, but I thought in my head that I could start and get a business profitable and running in six months. That's all mm-hmm. I had. Before I ran out of cash, I was like, oh, I could do this six months. No problem. And I had my Gantt charts and my plans and all of the strategy. And then, you know, six months flows by and I just needed to make cash to, so I could, you know, pay for my home and my groceries and all that. So that's really what made it, um, what made me a mothballer end that business. And then I just got busy doing my full-time uh, work again. And it wasn't till, oh my gosh, almost 10 years later before I started this one. So, mm. yep. Yeah. Long. And in this period of time in between your first mm-hmm. business and the second start, was this like a 10 years of having the desire of doing something meaningful? Always. 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 Always what wanting took you to, 10 yeah. years to get there. Why 10 years? Later? I, I was just overwhelmed with being a single mom and mm-hmm. raising my my kiddo and my work that I do with corporate is just all consuming full-time corporate consulting for technical technical groups. So between being a single mom, teaching group fitness on the side, this is when I got all those group fitness certifications. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, working that full-time job, I just had nothing left. I had nothing left in me to give. And so I just set it aside, set the dream aside until later I got myself to a place where I could give it another shot, see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did you decide on that? What was the spark, the sparky moment where you said, okay, now it has been enough of waiting. I'm going to do this now. Oh, you know, I was actually, (laughs) I had remarried. Um, I am not married again. I am part of the twice divorce club now. So, um, yes, yay me. Um, but I had remarried an entrepreneur and someone who had just really got that spark and got me thinking again, like I can do this. I can do this. I've got the skill set. I've, I can absolutely do this. Just having that support just made it 
so I could do it. And we had moved to a place that was at the time fairly inexpensive. So it made it a little easier to take my buffer I'd rebuilt again in 10 years and use that buffer to try to get this one going again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I know totally it's not sexy, just practical. You know, I wish, I wish I could come to you and say, I had this glorious epiphany and the rainbows came from the sky and told me now's the time, but it was just really pragmatic. Like I had the ability to do it and that's just the reality of what it was. Yeah, I get that, but it doesn't, maybe it sounds more pr pragmatic to you. I noted from my side that, you know, once we've been through, it just sounds so, yes, this happened. I made my partner. He was an entrepreneur. He motivated me. I felt supported by him. And yeah, that was it. It's like not a big of a deal, but I think the reason why you can say this right now, because you've been through and I can tell from my side, knowing that, when I was thinking again, because I had the same desire, I was like, you know, uh -huh. I'm not, I can't be incorporated, just not me. I never wanted it, but I had mm -hmm. to go back because I failed and I needed to make some cash like very quickly. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. Like we need to live from something. And then yep. when you recover from the feeling, you know, you failed and when you recover from the exhaustion, which I did eventually, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. But if I wouldn't mm -hmm. have met my mentor at that time, who again taught me to believe in myself, because this is what I needed, because after I failed, mm -hmm. I was like, why, why on earth would I do this again? Yeah. If I wouldn't have met my mentor, I don't think I would be yeah. sitting here today. And it's also pretty much pragmatic, right? I had yeah. also, I was like in an established relationship where living was like cheaper than I had before. Uh, so yeah, mm -hmm. this is it. But honestly, I think the people we meet in our life are meant to come in our life. I don't know if you see it like mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we bring in the people that are right for us at the time. And, and you're right. I actually did uh, stumble across here. We have a, a small business administration uh, through our government. And if you're a woman or a minority or a veteran, there are services to help you get your business started. So I received some really great business mentoring coach, uh, mm -hmm. coaching on round two. So that business mentoring coaching was super helpful, really important. And then the, the second spark really for couched active and uh, working with the blind in the online business was two pieces. One was COVID. So mm -hmm. when COVID happened, everything shut down. I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and uh, everybody was on Zoom. And so I realized, oh, I could probably do this fitness thing on Zoom. I started figuring out that during COVID, yoga studios around the world were doing Zoom classes so I started signing up for group fitness at studios around the whole world. No joke. I signed up for a class in Bali, Indonesia, and I showed up to the yoga class in Bali and here they're all wearing their tank tops and, you know, they're outside and I'm wearing my fleece jacket and I'm inside. And, and, and I said, I was like, hello, I'm Lynn from Seattle. And they're just so surprised. <laughs> so that helped a lot to bring people in because a lot of my clientele is older and now the you know 50 plus clientele knows how to use Zoom. So that was magic. The piece of working with the blind was once I had that established, I had 
two people who reached out to me. They'd heard me on podcasts and they said, Hey, I'd like to work with you. By the way, I'm blind. And I thought, I, I know. And I had never thought of, you know, teaching fitness to people who are blind. They can't even see the screen. You know, it just doesn't whiteboard well. But I thought, you know what? Let's give it a try. And I was so teeny tiny back then. And they hung with me and we figured it out. And then I later learned that this service for the blind at this scale doesn't exist, I believe, anywhere on the planet, for sure in the US and Canada. But I keep asking over and over, you know, the the president of the American Council of the Blind, the National Federation, they're like, yeah, this does not exist anywhere else. And so then I, that was my big spark of thinking, oh my gosh, there are millions of people globally who don't have access, meaningful access to fitness video and live group fitness work. I got to make this happen because you know, there's millions of people just don't even have this as an option because those YouTube videos, you know, the instructors are like, yay, raise your arm up here, raise your arm over there. And when you're blind, that does it just is frustrating. So yeah, it's been a really sweet place to work. I absolutely love to hear this. Um, there's always, um, you know, discussions going on whether you should, uh, what market to enter, uh, entering an existing market, they say it's easier, right? But not too mm-hmm. saturated because then again, you're swimming, you know, with, with too many sharks in the sea. And uh, you just didn't have just a brilliant idea, but you established a totally new, a new market. For a new you. market. Mm-hmm. A new a new market. And it was a new market with enough what I call monkeys, hard mm-hmm. things to co- overcome, that it's not like uh, anybody else could come in and just take over this really easily because figuring out, we now have five instructors and we all teach this. And we, we, so we sound like auctioneers when we're talking and teaching the classes because we don't have video cues. It's all audio cues, you know, of how to do, do all the fitness. Um, and so that's been just taking an incredible amount of training and tweaking and, and getting our cues aligned among instructors. So when mm-hmm. we say figure four stretch, after hundred classes, you know what figure four stretches or arms in a T, you know what that is, you know? Yeah. And then the other monkey of getting my website really, truly accessible for somebody who is blind and using screen readers and getting it so they can sign up for classes and, you know, payment systems, billing systems, emails, how to format emails. So if you're blind, the screen reader can read it and you can skip through the headings. So you're not just stuck slogging through the whole thing. You can just, you know, hit the highlights of the headings, just all, there's just enough monkeys there that we were, we've been able to wrangle. And then of course, like anybody, every time the technology gets an upgrade, ah, we got to fix it all again, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So we're not immune to that. And it hits us even harder than everybody else, but you know, it's Um, It's a lot of specializing. And did you teach yourself and your team those skills? Have you guys Mm -hmm. been diving into the technical part to set that up? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my staff of instructors and personal trainers, I said that we've just five of them so far, we've really worked on, you know, how to describe how to do the exercises and keep the classes exciting and moving and going. So we don't get bogged down in instructions. The website piece of it, I can't believe I'm six years into this. 
it's still me. And I use Wix as my backend platform. Mm-hmm. So all, all things Wix. And part of that was my corporate background and corporate training. We had to make sure things were accessible for the blind or just all fully accessible, but for the blind was a piece of it. So I had a clue. I had a clue to start with. And then I've learned so much more <laughs> about it. And my students are so wonderful. They are excited that this is a service for them. And they have been so helpful in continuing to give feedback and make this what it is, which is I I could not do it without their help for sure. Yeah. It is what a lot of people fear as well to ask their clients what they really need, right? Because it might come across not professional enough. But guys, listen, this is a good example for that you can only do your best work if you get the right feedback. And I love that you're mentioning that and that you established your programs and your work with your clients. Literally, it was a, a shared work, right? It really, it really was. And I was very over, I knew uh, very over about asking for the feedback from clients and, and doing it with confidence. You know, if I went to them and I said, you know, I don't know if this is going to work and I'm afraid it's going to break and it might kind of suck. And I don't know. What do you think? Like, that's not how I approached it at all. It was Mm -hmm. just like, it's the approach is, Hey, we're doing something freaking fantastic here. We are are technically the best in the world at this, but we know we can make it a whole lot better. So let's just keep making it better and better and better. And anything you can tell me to help make this better, I'm going to take it with everything else. And we're just going to continue to to be the best that we can possibly and realistically be. And that is exciting. So I think asking for feedback, feeling tone is super important. And when I get feedback, I really try to keep my ego in check and Mm -hmm. make sure I don't, that I thank them, always thank them, thank them, thank you. I really appreciate this. I can't do this without you. It's so helpful, the feedback. And, and I, I really try not to overpromise. And, but I really make sure if they give me an idea, that's really like, I know already, like there's no way. I don't say it right away. I just say, thank you. The more I learn, the more I understand about your experience, the better I'll be able to make decisions that as a whole is going to make this better for the the whole company. And that's that's exciting. That's been received really well. So yeah. Sounds like it. Thank you for sharing this yeah. very valuable piece. Mm-hmm. I like to hear that. Lynn, yeah. you, you also said that you wrote an award-winning book. Yes. Yes. Would you like so, to tell us a little bit more about that, how you got into it, and especially what happened in the process of writing? Yeah, sure, sure. So I am the uh, author of the book Couch Too Active, and uh, you can find it on, it's in some bookstores. Amazon is the easiest place to find it. But if you just Google Couch Too Active, Lynn Lindbergh, you'll find it there. It is a book about uh, really what I'm now calling your week zero, essentially when you want to change your health and fitness habits, we already know for the most part, what should we do? Eat healthier, manage stress, drink water, sleep better, eat well, exercise. Like we already, like we know, we know, we know, we know, we know. 
but we still have a really hard time actually doing it and actually getting it done. And that, that quote of getting off the couch is the hardest exercise of all. That's what this whole book is about. It's not prescribing exercises. It's just that whole piece of how do I actually make this in a way that makes me love my life more. So for if you're an entrepreneur and a business person and listening to this and you're thinking, gosh, should I write a book to support my business? You know, what does it actually take? I'll I'll open my, you know, I'll open the closet here a little bit. Hopefully too much doesn't fall out and you can kind of take a look at how this actually worked out. But I I took the book. It was originally a program I had written, turned it into a book. I hired an editor to help me edit it. She said, great book, but we need to make it come alive with stories. So then I had to mm-hmm. rewrite the whole thing with stories, making it come more alive. And then I hired a firm to actually do all the graphics and make the book just beautiful. And all of that together, that team effort made it so it became um, an award-winning book. It won six awards that year, which is great. Having a book establishes someone as a business owner in a beautiful way. So if you can do it and you have the time to invest into it, if you can do it and you can write a book well, and put out a great quality book, highly recommend it. If you're going to put out a piece of cred just to say you wrote a book, I think that can actually hurt a business owner. So, you know, yeah. Yep. So you've got to really, if you're going to indie publish it, you've got to, you know, really bring in outside people who can tell you everything you're doing wrong and help you actually make it really great. The interesting thing is here I am writing this book about health and fitness motivation as I'm writing the epilogue for the book, I have a horrible migraine. In fact, I even put in the epilogue of the book. If you go to it and look at it, it talks about, I've got this horrible migraine and I was chalking it up to the fact that I was at a fitness industry and I was, you know, not happy with what, you know, the fitness industry makes women have to, you know, cram into bikini bodies and six pack abs and all that. And I, you know, I chalked it up to that. What I didn't know was that week was the beginning of a two-year journey where my health completely fell apart. I was sleeping 15 hours a day. I was, when I was awake, I felt like I had lead weights tied to my ankles. I was going through a team of doctors trying to figure out what was going on. And I got three chronic health diagnoses. And in those two years, I gained 60 pounds, six, Mm -hmm. zero. And I had just written a fitness book. And my whole business was exercise and fitness. So I had to work through what does that mean for me? Like, what do I still have to offer if I don't look the part? And I knew I still had a lot to offer. I knew, you know, this health and motivation thing, you know, what I was dealing with was a lot closer to what my clients were dealing with. And so what ended up happening is I ended up tripling down on chronic illness is my group. People who struggle is my group. People who have a hard time is my group. And then that is where it spoke to individuals who are blind and visually impaired, even though a little bit of an aside, if you're blind, you don't necessarily like to be equated with people who are sick, Mm -hmm. even though they do go hand in hand, blind and sick are two different things. 
but it gave me so much compassion for the struggle. And it gave me a level, a deep, deep care and level of empathy that I would never have had the concept of leaning over to tie my shoes and my belly's in the way, having back problems because, you know, I have all this weight around my gut, you know, just, and having to rebuy my entire wardrobe three times over because I kept growing out of my clothes. You know, these are things women don't like to say out loud. Um, (laughs) uh, But having gone through that and then finally, actually, I, with a team of doctors, got my health mostly healed And then just finally in the last three months have been able to, in earnest, go back on a weight loss journey. Mm -hmm. So um, three months, 25 pounds down, 25 more to go, but doing it in a healthy way where I'm going to be stronger and more ripped than I've ever been because I've got this really great base of muscle (laughs) underneath all this and just really just making a big comeback. So yeah, it's been a I don't know if people ever swear on your podcast, but man, it's been a mind bender. We'll just say that, you know. <laughs> Any word you want to choose is <laughs> Any word? <laughs> it's a total mind fuck, let me tell you. <laughs> well, I, I truly can imagine that. I really can imagine that. And people ask that sometimes themselves. I hear this question like, I just set out for something. I've been just planning for something and then this happens. Yep, right? exactly. And it happens mm-hmm. to everyone. And this is what I don't want to hide or that's why I have yeah. to be here Lynn to share your story because it's just so human to go through certain dramas in life happenings journeys that we were not expecting to go yeah. through but let me ask you no question it was difficult to first of yeah. all keep on running that business because you are responsible for every step you make, every decision you make in a state where you're not really yourself, not feeling confident, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. not feeling cool in your body, you know? And as a woman, I think this is really something we need in order to show up. You are in a space. So what has, you know, kept the light on the horizon, but in the end of the tunnel, what has kept you going? You know, partly, I absolutely love it. I love what I do and I mm-hmm. love the people. Part of the reason I absolutely love it is because I've had the luxury of knowing I could go back to corporate anytime I wanted. And actually in this six years, I have gone back and taken on corporate consulting roles in tandem with this business three times. So, I mean, this is not a, here I am on my beautiful stallion do look at me i'm an entrepreneur now and it's wonderful it's like no here i am chugging along trying to make this work don't have enough cash yet so now i'm continuing to try to make this work now i got this corporate gig doing that corporate gig work okay now i've got enough cash drop that corporate gig now i'm back doing this i've done that three times and and really it's that now i'm just so bought into the mission and what we've built and partly is i because i have this luxury of being able to go back to a a corporate job that I actually enjoy. It's not, you know, it's not terror. It's not the end of the world. And, you know, I've got skills for it. Then I've always had this baseline that says, whatever I do with my business couch to active, I have to enjoy it more than corporate. Because if I don't, I might as well go back to corporate and make the real money again. Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So because of that, I always ask like, 
what do I want to do? I don't want to do really hard fitness classes. I want to do beginner classes for people just getting back into it. Okay. What else do I want to do? I want to make it focused on health. Great. What else do I want to do? I want it to be social. So after each class, we're going to keep the zoom open for 10 minutes and people can chit chat, you know, um, it's really just thinking about those. How do I make this? So I love it too. And that's been super, super important. And I want to have fun. I want to be human. So I get Mm -hmm. on my podcast and I get on my podcast and I talk about one of my diagnoses is a collagenous colitis and how that basically means you can't be 12 feet from the toilet for, you know, months at a time. And women, we don't talk about this stuff, but the freedom in being able to say, Hey, literally this shit is real. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it's super, super, um, super important. And that just that heart and that soul comes out, uh, when folks can see that you're, you're human and people get it. Even corporate, when I go back and do gigs, they know that I tell them, I'm like, Hey, I got this company. I'm doing this to make my company. And I, I used to be afraid. I used to think, Ooh, I'm taking a corporate gig. I better hide the fact I have a business. You know, they might mm-hmm. think I'm not loyal. The last two gigs, I was overtly like, Hey, I'm doing them both. And the support I got was really, really positive. And maybe I got lucky. Maybe I just owned it and gave them confidence. It's all good. Who knows? But it worked out just great. Yeah. Yeah. And here lies the power, I believe, the power in being able to be you the way you are, the things yeah. you want to be doing, to show them to the world. And I think this is where things come with ease. Yes. Rather than, yes. you know, having to push through constantly where you, I mean, I know what I'm speaking about when I was running against the wall, I bounced back, I fell on the ground, got up, ran again against the same wall, right? Because you never learn. But what I took from that is that business can be, I mean, with all those struggles you just mentioned, having to go back to corporate, thinking that uh, things not working out on time, etc. But it can yep. be such an enjoyable journey. And I really appreciate you, Lynn, for sharing yours. And I would like to wow. round up our conversation with one last question. What do people misunderstand the most about you? Oh, um, I think when people first hear about Couch to Active, they think, oh, another fitness thing, another fitness, fitness thing. App. They're going to another fitness app. They're going to make me do protein powder. They're going to. And, and when when folks are looking at their fitness, I get to talk with individuals one on one and the first thing that usually gets uncovered is we feel fat, ugly, and out of shape. We mm-hmm. feel like we're not worthy. We feel awful. And so this happy, like rah, rah, fitness thing, it becomes dark really fast at first and it's hard. And so I think people don't realize that um, I'm not out there to change them. Couch to Active isn't out there to change them. We're actually out there to help people build a life they love and they know, gosh, darn it, it's got to include this fitness thing. And so how do we do that in a way that we actually enjoy it, love our life more and not make it the biggest deal in the world? Because I think a lot of fitness companies make a mistake of saying, if you're not doing this and loving it, something's wrong with you, you know, and it's like, no, no, you get to live your life. And so, um, yeah, I think that's um, probably the first thing. And people get really intimidated. They think I'm some, you know, 
oh, amazing guru. And I must run, you know, a marathon every morning. It's like, no, I'm a human too. Take it easy. I also like to sleep in sometimes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing. How can we get in touch with you, Lynn? Oh, easy to find. Just I'm Lynn with one N, Lynn Lindbergh. And uh, the website is Couch Too Active. That's C O U C H T O A C T I V E dot com. Couch Too Active. And really, if you're just looking at getting back into it, our specialties are also aging, of course, working with the blind and weight management. Um, we do all that with any clients globally. Lovely. I will take all the show notes placed in below so people can easily click and get to you. And with that said, thank you so much for being my guest, for sharing these valuable lessons. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks. It's been a pleasure. Great to meet you. Hey, do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing, transcript editing and recording program automatically detects errors, arms and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky part of reel and video editing and adds much value to my work as a coach and creator. You can try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edits.